Welcome to the Daughters Project Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Join us this season as the sisters gather around the mics to share their experiences of God's love through the lens of His sacred word. You can find out more about our work at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome to episode two of season four of the Daughters Project podcast. I'm Sister Julie Benedicta. And I'm Sister Oriane Piacha Renee. And we're Daughters of St. Paul here to talk about the experience of God's love this season. I'm really excited about this topic. I know I said that five dozen times in the last episode, but I I'm really equally am. excited. I'm just not saying it quite so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was thinking it would be fun if, as like a little warm up, and also is just kind of like a fun way to get to know some of the other sisters it'll be on. Mm-hmm. If we start the episodes with sharing something that we found in the media this week, whether it's like a book we've been reading or um, something we've been listening to or watching or whatever, could be fun, could be spiritual, could be whatever, but just like something that popped out this week and we could share it and then we can share links with people so that they can join us in the enjoyment of said piece of media. <laughs> And that could be a fun way to get to know the other sisters, too. Mm-hmm. But they're not here yet, so just you and me. Ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought I was going to share one thing, but actually I want to share another thing. I don't know why I bothered to say that. <laughs> but what I have been doing in my free time for the past several weeks, actually, is listening to Andy Circus reading... The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. So amazing. <laughs> it's so good. This is probably my fifth or sixth time through the series. Mm. It's so good. Um, he just, he, he plays the characters like as if they were the characters from the film, mm. like as if they were the actors from the films. And uh, it's just, it just paints such a vivid picture. And he does not pull punches when it comes to doing like voice acting or doing the songs or he goes all in <laughs> like the orcs kind of make you a little sick. I mean, like he's really like all into it. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend that people check out Andy Circus's reading of The Lord of the Rings. Um, I just got it from the library, so I'm sure it's available other places as well. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. He adds like a whole new layer because it's such an amazing series on its own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he adds so much life to it and personality. He does. Yeah. yeah. He's fun. I guess this week I watched Shang-Chi um, with <laughs> with uh, some of the other sisters and I really, really enjoyed it. I was actually really impressed. I feel like it's some of the tightest storytelling that Marvel's ever, ever done. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was really impressed. And they had a really great cast. And I know... So I'm from Canada, and we're really proud of Shang-Chi because the actor is Chinese-Canadian. Okay. So we were really excited to see him there. Um, but the whole cast was really stellar, like solid, solid cast. So, That's really cool. Yeah. It's on. It's definitely on my to-watch list. It's totally worth it. I really rec- It's like in my top three Marvel movies. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of this character before. Yeah, I think it's one of those where there was only like one comic book of him. Oh, if okay. I know, If I remember correctly... Um, it You're going to get hate mail from comic book lovers. Yeah, I'm was- so sorry. <laughs> if I'm incorrect, please forgive me. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't a super developed line in any case. Okay. But I was so excited. And the director was kind of explaining how he pitched it as not so much as an action movie with family components, but as a family movie 
character driven mm-hmm. wrapped inside. I think he said wrapped inside like a kung fu martial arts movie. And I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's really they delivered. They delivered. Oh, that sounds so good. It's really good. Yeah, I really want to watch it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And is that is Aquafina in that one? Yeah. Okay. Everything she does is hysterical. I know she's golden. So yeah. <laughs> We okay. love you, Aquafina. Not that you're listening, but maybe you are. <laughs> no, but that's true. Like each of our sisters tends to have celebrities. It's not like an official thing that we do. We have particular celebrities that we feel called to pray for. Yes. And yeah, yeah she's, a, she's a good one. Yeah. She's awesome. So today's episode is on experiencing God's love in his word, which is actually kind of also the topic of the season. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just to kind of ease us into that. We were thinking that it would be good to have a conversation about just kind of prayer generally um, and maybe on like the more practical side and to talk about like how do the sisters pray and what is it what does it mean to pray with the Bible? Like how is how is a Bible reading that is like a spiritual reading or a Lectio Divina different from a Bible study, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So just to kind of talk about that a little bit and maybe our own personal experiences of it and um and to share a few thoughts to kind of set the stage for the rest of the conversations that we'll have. Yeah. And I think we have gotten this question a lot um, in different capacities. And if mm-hmm. anyone listening has this question, don't feel bad. You are absolutely not alone. Like a lot of people are just wondering, I mean, I read the Bible, so I guess I'm praying with it. Or a lot of people will just straight up ask, like, I don't know if I'm praying or not. Like I'm yeah. I'm saying words I was taught or I'm thinking about God. Does that count? Like, so people ask that question a lot. Don't feel bad if that question is in your heart and mind as well. Um, and we're here to kind of break break that open through our own experience, through the tradition of the church, um, and through what Christ Himself has taught us. So I'm kind of excited because we've all been on that journey. Yeah, and it's something we've all had to learn too, right? Like that's part mm-hmm. of the it's part of our formation. It's like an integral part of our formation and part of what happens at the very beginning is to be like, okay, girls, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have to make sure that we're praying. Yeah. And here are some helpful ways to think about that. I'm remembering that about 10 years ago or so, there, were the, there was that book, um, Forming Intentional Disciples. Mm. And she had, she referenced some study that basically pointed to the idea. I'm sorry, I'm, I don't have it in front of me. So I'm just kind of like <laughs> paraphrasing, you know, <laughs> from the hip here. But um, basically it said that Catholics on Catholics in general pray the same way they did in the third grade. Mm. And if we did anything else in life the same way we did in the third grade, you know, most of us, it would point to a problem somewhere, right? Right. It it would point to some kind of a deficiency or a weakness or um, someplace where maybe we might need a little help or support. And so that's I guess, something that we would like to help with. (laughs) Right, because we want to grow in prayer, right? We want to grow in our relationship with God. Not that there's anything wrong with having a third grade relationship with him in third grade. It's a great start, start, but we want to keep growing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's just kind of ways of kind of stepping into the maturity and stepping into the fullness of what God wants to offer us in our prayer lives. So my first place that I went to in thinking about like, how do you start talking about prayer was the catechism. Mm-hmm. And y'all, if you haven't read the section uh, in the catechism on prayer, it is something to pray with. Actually, yeah. it like really is really beautiful. It's not, it's not like a dry list of prescriptions or um, rules or 
it's it's really meditative and it's really beautiful. And so I didn't get very far because I just started <laughs> reading and then I started praying with it and then I didn't get very far. But um, one of the things that I did turn to was the portion where it talked about the three kinds of prayer, mm-hmm. basically. And the three kinds of prayer that uh, that the catechism talks about. Some places you'll hear them talked about as like levels or stages or something. I don't terribly love that because it kind of makes one above the other. Right or less than the other, or whatever. But we need all three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I prefer calling them kinds of prayer. I can't remember exactly what the catechism calls them. But in my notes, it says kinds. So <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going with. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the three kinds are the vocal, mental, and contemplative prayer. Mm-hmm. And so vocal, which involves our bodies, right? It's not necessarily out loud necessarily, but it is using specific words. Often this is how we think about when we pray the Hail Mary or the Our Father. And we use words that are given to us in a particular way. This is the easiest kind of prayer to do in a group setting, um, in, in a shared prayer setting. And actually, I really think that every time we pray, whether we're entering into meditation or even if we do receive the gift of contemplation, that it starts somehow with vocal prayer, that vocal prayer plays a role in it. And, and I love that it involves our body. You know, Mm -hmm. just like whether it involves our vocal cords or just kind of like our synapses going, you know, to Mm -hmm. put those words in order for us or whatever. There is a physical component to it. And so many people do like to put themselves in a kneeling position or um, close their eyes, bow their heads, whatever. Little kids put their little hands together. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that because I think it reminds us that we are body and soul mm-hmm. like as the fullness of who we are that's what we are we are both our body and we are our soul and both of them need to be engaged in prayer if we if we want to bring our whole self to prayer it involves both and i think it's so interesting that like in society you see like when you go to work you have a set of work clothes because not only does it show people that you're at work but also it reminds you that you're at work and uh, <laughs> which was part of the problem with like zoom meetings where people would put on like a suit jacket during during the pandemic and then, then they have stand up yeah <laughs> pajama pants and it's ridiculous but the reason it looks ridiculous is because it shows like oh i'm half at work half not at work you know um or even When actors go to play a character, sometimes you'll hear actors express like I was having a really hard time kind of getting into this like 15th century character until I put on the costume. And then all of a sudden I was standing a different way and thinking a different way and feeling a different way. And it's because they put themselves in a physical posture, um, basically in in unity with that with that character Mm -hmm. that may or may not have actually existed. (laughs) But for us here, like when we bring our whole self, our body and our soul to that vocal prayer, we're using our body and our soul is at work as well. So it's like this whole giving in a very small way. And not only that, not only is it good for us, but it also allows us to glorify God in our bodies. Yeah. Just as St. Paul tells us to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then the next kind is mental or meditation. I think the catechism calls it meditation. Some saints will call it mental prayer. But Mm -hmm. um, I loved the way that they talked about it as a seeking to understand. Um, Number 2708 in the catechism says meditation engages thought, imagination, emotion, and desire. And I just thought that was really cool. But also like the whole, I think it actually uses the word quest. Like it's a quest mm. for understanding. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, I don't know. There's just something really cool about that. So it's cool because there's like this littleness to it because it's all happening yeah. kind of inside your head. But 
it, there's also this epicness to it because it is. It's this quest mm-hmm. of going to discover someone so much bigger than you mm-hmm. who made himself small so that he could literally come and meet you and dwell within you. Yeah. 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 I know when I hear the word quest, I immediately picture Link. <laughs> so it's hard not to make it into like this really super epic thing yeah. with swords and dragons and stuff, right? So. <laughs> Yeah. And then the final one is contemplation, which, of course, is a gift. It's something that we receive from God. It's not something we sit down and say, OK, I'm going to enter into contemplation now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that flows from the other kinds of prayer. It's something that we allow ourselves to become more and more disposed to mm-hmm. as God works on our hearts and and teaches us kind of how he speaks to us and how we're able to listen. Um, for me, I would say it feels like a tug on my heart to give God my attention for a minute. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it really is more of a loving gaze. So many people will talk about it. And it's just kind of a, a gentle attentiveness and just kind of like a beautiful, loving disposition, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And I think, too, like when we're contemplating something with, with God, it's almost like a holding Mm-hmm. Like you're holding something with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always think back to that passage um, where uh, we we hear about Mary like pondering these things in her heart. Yeah. Like she was contemplating. That was contemplative yeah. prayer. Yeah. And one of the things that struck me too was in the catechism, it said that it's something that we could enter into throughout our day, like mm-hmm. at pretty much at any moment. And and I was thinking about that. And because it is invitation, it's almost like they're making these watches now. Have you seen this? These watches were like, if I tap my watch, it lights up on your watch so that you know that I'm thinking about you, (laughs) which is like so saccharine and weird to me. I'm sorry if you really love that. But in a sense, like there are ways that God does that. Like Mm -hmm. there is maybe a special word or gesture or phrase or something that can pop up in my day that is like a little love note from God that helps me remember that like mom putting a note in your lunchbox or something, you know, mm-hmm. like just reminds you of his love and reminds you to turn to him for a second um, and just to kind of remain in that disposition of loving him and openness to him. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. That comparison to the, to your mom's little note in your lunchbox. It's a lot like that. Or sometimes when people hide something for you and you discover it, yes. even if it wasn't like maybe they were planning it to be discovered like that afternoon, but you didn't discover it till like a week later. <laughs> and you're like, oh, look. But, but again, like God does that with us. And sometimes we see that note and we don't really process it properly. And we realize afterwards, oh my gosh, yeah. that was for me. How deep it was. Yeah. And then the final point on contemplation was that it requires silence, love, and desire. Mm. Like all three of those things. We have to have silence because otherwise there's no room for it. Right. It's, it's subtle. So you have to be able to notice it. So there has to be And that doesn't necessarily mean like physical silence, but like interiorly kind of allowing things to just kind of be calm. Yeah. And um, and and being open to it. The love, which is something of the will. Right. Because God commands us to love and you can't command a feeling. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about the feelings of love. We are talking about willing the love of God and desire. Like We have to want it. He's not going to give us something like that if if it's not something we want. Right. You know, he's not going to force it on us. Right. So, yeah, so those are kind of the really generic ways of talking about prayer. And as Paulines, we have very specific ways of talking about <laughs> prayer. Yep. Um, so what are some of the the prayer practices of the Pauline family? Um, so one of the things that we do that that really struck me, especially when I was discerning, actually, because it was a 
a real pushing for me deeper into prayer was how when we wake up, literally one of the first things we do is that we crack open the gospel for that day and we read um, the gospel that will be read in the mass later that day and we pray with it. We, we meditate on it for half an hour. Mm-hmm. And then when we go to bed that same day, we crack open the gospel for the next day. So literally our morning begins and ends with a contemplative prayer of the gospel. But I think being able to begin your day with that transforms your whole day or at least leaves you room <laughs> for transformation because no one's perfect. We're not always listening well. But to to be able to open it up and to see what Jesus is speaking to you that day and to know that this is the word that's been given to the whole church for the day. Mm-hmm. Like there's a both a very personal aspect to that and a very unitive aspect to that. Yeah. So that's the morning meditation. We also have our hour of adoration mm-hmm. every day, which we call our visit with Jesus, which yes. I thought was the cutest thing ever when I first heard it. Me too. Because um, it's so personal. It's like, yeah. I'm just going to walk in and like visit with my hubby. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. It's such a personal. And it also hour. makes it like more like it's not a task on the list of things that I have to do today. Yeah. You know, it's like I have to make sure I have coffee with my friend. Mm-hmm. Like that. it's more of a something to look forward to in the day or something to to prioritize right because it's not just a to-do list thing right so, not that we bring coffee into chapel but no, <laughs> but no. it's the same as but yeah. like that kind of a mentality going into <laughs> exactly. it is it's not mm-hmm. it shouldn't be a chore no yeah and if it is then that's something that i need to talk to him about right you know? right <laughs> so yeah so the visit with jesus the hour of adoration every day um we also have a half hour of other prayer that we are free to use as we desire. Mm-hmm. Um, we pray morning and evening prayer in community. Yeah, and we have daily mass. And daily mass. Yeah. It adds up to like three, three and a half hours a day. Yeah, yeah, easily. Um, which we're super blessed to have. I know yeah. some people are like, no, thank you. But for <laughs> for others, it's like, oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> so, um, But even for us, though, like it's something we have to work up to. It is. Because that's a lot of attention span <laughs> and a lot of it energy. Is. It is. And uh, yeah, it, we, we, we do have to work up to it. It's kind of like physical training. Yeah. Yeah. And like we still have deadlines and stuff. Yeah. So I have to decide that my deadline is going to have to be pushed a little bit because I need to make sure that I make my prayer time today. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's a gift that comes with this vocation. Yes. Um, if I were working out in the world in a secular environment and taking care of my family, you know, that might have to be prioritized differently. Right. Maybe instead of an hour of adoration, it might be 20 minutes or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But, or it might be a different form of prayer. Right. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's what we do. But uh, but the thing that we really want to focus on today is the thing you brought up first, the, mm-hmm. the morning meditation and prayer with the gospel. So Lexio Divina. There are books and books and books written on how to pray Lexio Divina. The Catechism has paragraphs on how to pray Lexio Divina. Everybody has an opinion on mm-hmm. the best way to pray Lexio Divina. Um, but we have our own way of doing it. So we thought we would just share that because it'll give context for some of probably how our conversations will go with sisters in the future because it's a shared language that we all have yes. with each other. So um, as you were saying, like in the evening, we first just crack open like what is tomorrow's gospel so i'll be honest sometimes like if we're in the middle of saint paul or something i will do my meditation with the first reading (laughs) or um or like if jesus is saying woe to the pharisees over and over again i might do the first reading you know just kind of depending (laughs) i just feel depressed before bed (laughs) yeah like i love you jesus but i just don't really 
know if I can enter into this right now, you know, and that's okay. And, or maybe you're working straight through a book of the Bible or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so yeah, so we open up the word in the evening and just kind of read through it a couple of times slowly and see if a particular word or phrase is kind of standing out to you. Some people kind of say it, it looks highlighted almost by the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit um, or, or somehow it's like in bold or it's a word that you've never seen in that passage before like yeah, I've I read this 500 it. times and yeah. I've never noticed that word yeah um and just to kind of like let that word sink in a little bit mm-hmm. and this would be the time too. like if I don't understand a passage if I'm wondering why Jesus is proclaiming woe to the Pharisees it would be a good moment to go look into a commentary or do a quick search and just kind of see if I can find some more information about that or whatever mm-hmm. um, and let that kind of enter into my processing of it And then in the morning, we open up the gospel and we look at the same words and probably that same word feels highlighted. And we just kind of pray with that a little bit and uh, and kind of see where that goes. And so that's kind of like the more generic structure of Lexio Divina. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, so when I do want to go look something up and see what it means, I have favorite places that I go. Oh, and one of them is called you would think I would know the name of the book, but it's either. Fire of Mercy, Heart of the Word. Oh, Heart of the world. world. I think it's Heart of the World. Heart of the World. Fire of Mercy, Heart of the World. And um, the the author's last name is Maricakis. I'm not even going to try to pronounce everything else just because I would probably butcher it unless you know how to say it. <laughs> I don't. I'm so okay, sorry. Okay. So, um, but he is fantastic. It's four full volumes, but like thousand page volumes just on the Gospel of Matthew. Mm. And the Gospel of Matthew contains most of the um, moments or conversations or parables that appear throughout the other synoptic Gospels. So Mm -hmm. most of the time I can go to it to find a little deeper um, understanding of of what's going on. Right. Like fleshing the context out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he has just a, and it's not a commentary. It is a lexio. Mm-hmm. It is like his 5,000 page <laughs> lexio. Oh, God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> on the Gospel of Matthew. And it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found this article that had been published in Comunio in like 2011, I think, um, that he wrote called Are You Afraid of the Thief? And it's his talking about. About his process of Lexio. Mm-hmm. And it was originally a lecture that he gave to a group of priests who were at a conference on spirituality. So he's trying to help these priests learn how to pray a little better with the, with the scriptures. Um, and he says, Lexio's goal can be no other than an encounter with the living Christ Jesus, the encounter in mutual knowledge and love that naturally tending toward union gradually transforms us into his very image and person. And this is the best part. For we become like what we admire, love, and adore. Mm. That's the goal of that whole process. Right. Is to have like a really deep and genuine encounter with Jesus so that we can be more like him. Mm-hmm. And then he also says, genuine Lexio should lead only to amazed discovery, wonderment, and deeply peaceful acts of love, praise, and self-surrender. Mm. I will admit that my morning prayer every day does not necessarily <laughs> feel like amazed discovery mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or wonderment. Uh, 
But when it does, there's something absolutely life changing about it. Yeah. And I think the important part is that we're we are allowing God the space mm-hmm. to work that if that is his desire for us that day, you know, yeah. um, to have that particular type of grace. Or if he wants us to have a little ordinary kind of grace, that like that is great. We will take it. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think something I love about this passage that you just read is it does. It reminds us of two things. It reminds us that the Bible's not a textbook. Like we're not praying with a textbook Mm-mm. that's a, you know, historical accounts of blah, blah, blah. Like this is this is the inspired word of God and and the word of God is alive. Um, like Jesus Christ is the the, the incarnate word of God. Mm-hmm. So we are we are reading something that is inspired by God himself um, and that that Jesus can speak to us as a living person through. So we're literally having a conversation with him. Yeah. I remember the first time I ever fell in love with scripture was I was in college and I was just kind of learning to do Bible study. I was really reading the Bible for the first time. And um, I was using a lot of Scott Hahn's books to help me get through it, Mm -hmm. um, which I know other people have done too. And I was just kind of wrapping my head around typology some. Mm -hmm. And um, there was something that I read. I think it might have been, again, in the catechism. Y'all need to read your catechism. That said something to the effect about how God acts in history as a way of communicating with us. And I had just recently read that and I was reading through Exodus. Mm. And I was understanding the typology and just kind of the connection between the passage through the Red Sea and my own baptism. Mm. And I was thinking, how many thousands of years ago did God act with these thousands of individual people mm-hmm. that they had this particular experience in time? And he did that knowing that I was going to fall in love with the fact that I was baptized mm. several thousand years later yeah. because of this event. Yeah. And it was part of the reason why he did it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just mind blowing. I, like, I still kind of get chills yeah. from that, you know? Um, and that was the moment I fell in love with scripture. Mm. It's just like the ability to see how God so intricately and beautifully puts stuff out in ways that just blow our minds. And he's the only one who can do that. Like the fact that, you know, and <laughs> yes. people will discover this in Psalms too. Like they'll mm-hmm. read a Psalm and they're, it's it's as if every fiber of that Psalm was yes. written for me in this moment. And like, and I've had that experience too um, with with Psalm 45 reading through it. Mm-hmm. And when I was going through kind of a difficult period in my life um, and I was reading through the Psalm and like literally every single line, literally every single line lined mm-hmm. up with something that I was struggling with. Every single one. And I was like, oh my goodness, God wrote this psalm for me. Not only for me, obviously. I mean, someone wrote the psalm and it was for a general <laughs> occasion and a general like moment of gratitude and praise to God. And it has helped many people. It was for many people. But in the fact that it's for the whole church, yeah. it's also for each person individually. And in that moment, I knew that I was part of that when God inspired whoever to write it, that he was like, I need you to write it for my church and I need you to write it for Sister Orianne. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's so good. I cried a lot about that. I'm sure. <laughs> I, cry, so cool. I cry a lot during meditation, actually. That's probably the time I cry the most. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so I've been hinting at it, but there is a Pauline method of doing this meditation in the morning. There is indeed. So the evening part is pretty standard. Mm-hmm. But the morning part. <laughs> so Father uh, James Alberione, who was a blessed, he was uh, beatified in 2003. Um, he is the founder of the Pauline family. He's the founder of the Daughters of St. Paul. And he was just kind of like our spiritual father. So he he taught the first the first members of the Pauline family, the first priests and sisters, um, kind of what is this charism and how is it yeah. that 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 we are different from other communities? Mm-hmm. That's it's actually part of forming a community, right? Like you have to prove to the church that we don't just all belong in the Carmelite communities right. or we, we, we aren't just all Salesians that wear a different color or something. We actually have a unique charism that we bring to the church. And the charism involves the work, yes, involves um, maybe the way we live community, yes, but it also involves very much the way we pray. Mm-hmm. And Father Alberione based a lot of this on Jesus' declaration of himself as the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. And um, he said that that this was Jesus telling us that he is for the whole person. Yeah. That he is the truth for our minds, that he is the way for our wills, and he is the life for our hearts. And so whatever need we might have, he, he's going to be able to, to meet it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we break our prayer periods loosely. This is like once you know how to play the piano, you can kind of riff a little bit. But the, <laughs> but the structure is that we begin with the first third. So if it's meditation in the morning, the first 10 minutes, um, honoring Jesus' truth by doing a little bit of reading, pondering, noticing, being curious. It doesn't mean we spend the first 10 minutes just like reading. And then when the timer goes off, we stop reading. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Usually it means reading for two or three minutes mm-hmm. and spending the rest of that time in this kind of like pondering, kind of digesting mm-hmm. moment. Then The second section of the prayer is honoring Jesus' way. And um, that's for our wills. So in this moment, uh, we take some time to kind of apply what we've just thought about and kind of pondered um, to our own lives, to our own actions. And I love what he says in one of he he wrote so many descriptions of how to do meditation. And they (laughs) are all exactly the same, but they've all kind of coalesced into this one thing. But one of the places he says that we stir up a desire for sanctity, that we like work up in ourselves a longing to be holy mm. and just the idea of like taking time every day to make sure that I am desiring holiness mm-hmm. and desiring holiness in a particular way related to whatever I was just thinking about um, is just like so incredibly practical actually yeah um I had someone once compare it to stirring your chocolate milk <laughs> Because you know how if you leave chocolate milk sit too long, Uh the chocolate sinks to the bottom more or less, and you're you're left with this kind of like not gross, but just not great tasting stuff at the top. It's it's not what you were hoping for. It's not that great, and it's not going to help anybody. (laughs) But if you're able to stir it up and really stir up that desire and and stir up um, that openness and and like leaning in of your will to God's. Then you end up with something delicious and mm-hmm. he- and like good and something that can be shared. That I sounds always like something that. I would do as a youth minister. <laughs> yeah, stir your chocolate milk, guys. Here's, here's a cup. Everybody pour milk in it. 
<laughs> this is your spiritual life. I love it. Ah, uh. oh, so good. And then maybe sometimes there's a brief examination of conscience mm-hmm. in that in that period of time too. Just kind of like whatever's coming up. How have I been living it recently? Yeah. And could I could I maybe do it a little bit better? And then the third portion is honoring Jesus, who is our life, and um, and really putting into motion our hearts. So we're asking for the grace to live what we've just kind of been pondering and thinking about. Um, we ask for perseverance. Uh, often we are moved to pray for the people that we interact with regularly or uh, maybe a project we're working on, like mm. maybe a podcast, <laughs> maybe. for example. Yeah, it might come up. <laughs> the people who are listening to it. Yeah, and then we finish usually with some kind of a resolution. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus, today, help me to whatever. Or it could just be, the resolution is today I'm going to repeat this word. Yeah. You know, whenever I think of it, I'm just going to repeat this word. And you and I know what it means, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And just like I said last time, like sometimes it can be a little snarky. <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't even necessarily have to be like a profound word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could just be like a gentle reminder word or um, maybe something a little sassy, something that makes me laugh mm-hmm. throughout the day. It could be. So, yeah, it's a little resolution at the end. Mm-hmm. And that actually allows us to go out then and live mm-hmm. that word and allow allow the word incarnate to live in us throughout the day. Yeah. So that's the that's the process. We use the same process when we make our visit with Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. It might look a little different because we're not necessarily working with the word of God. It could be with another book that we've been reading or or something else. And and it's longer, so there's time for more right. things, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of happen. Yeah, it can be more intercessory, like praying yeah. for other people. There's a lot more journaling often. Yeah. It, yeah. So, but that's the basic structure of a Pauline prayer. Yeah, truth, way, life. And for anyone who's like, wait, but the Bible passage says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You are correct. We fudge the order. <laughs> <laughs> we start top down. Yeah, we start <laughs> truth, way, life. <laughs> so what about like obstacles to prayer. Mm. I think it's interesting because no matter how you're praying, even even in these kinds of like methods that really help to kind of push us and break things open when we're having trouble, um, a lot of obstacles can come up. And I think everyone has encountered some obstacle. Sometimes I know for myself, I'm just super distracted. Yeah. I am just super, super distracted. I'm thinking of five million other things. Or I'm just kind of groggy that day, mm-hmm. or I'm just really upset about something um, that happened, or someone who's going through a hard time, or whatever. And that's all I can think about. Yeah. Like, and I and I try to push it out of my mind, and I might even succeed for like five whole minutes, five <laughs> glorious minutes, and then it's over, uh-huh. and I'm back into that little cycle again. It's like it's kind of like um, what do you call those things? A whirlpool, just yeah. like sucks you in. So I think. A lot of people struggle with that. And we get a lot of questions about that too. But like it doesn't, our distractions don't have to actually divide us from Jesus, um, which is really comforting that we can actually bring them to him. Yeah, we can like show them to him. Yeah. Like, like this is Jesus, what... I'm sorry. I've been making a grocery list for the last 10 minutes. Would you like to see it? <laughs> yeah. You know? How like... do you feel about Brussels sprouts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you can just say, now I'm setting it aside. And what were we talking about before that? You yes. know, like it doesn't have to be. Yeah. A spiral thing. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes our distractions are things that we really do need to be praying about. Mm-hmm. And we feel for some reason that they're not pious enough or whatever mm-hmm. to bring to the Lord. And sometimes they're just distractions. But when we bring them to Jesus, he can be like, oh, yeah, nice. Okay. 
okay, so put them down now. <laughs> let's, let's look over here, sweetie. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I used to teach preschool, so often it was kind of like, know. you know how you, like, take one thing out of the child's hand and put something else in their hand when you want to, like, get away yes. the dangerous scissors or yes. something? <laughs> and it works. It works every time. And I think when we, we think of ourselves as children of God, it's okay to understand in total humility that God does have to do that with us. Yep. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think distraction is a really big one. For sure. I think finding time is a hard one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we do have to get creative. And especially for people who, you know, aren't in religious life and don't have access even. Some people don't have access to an adoration chapel or a church mm-hmm. even, like if your church is locked or if it's an hour away from you. Um, so you really learn how creative God is and helping you find other ways um, to make time or to turn the time you have into prayer. And he will, but we have to ask him, we have to open ourselves up to that, but he will. Sometimes I think the biggest obstacles for me in prayer is just desolation when I don't mm-hmm. feel like it's going anywhere. Yeah. Um, and that's a big red flag when you start wondering about what you're going to feel in prayer, right. you know, like that's not really the goal. Mm-hmm. But but when you become used to feeling something in prayer or if you really feel like maybe that's what you need yeah um and and desolation is there and uh and you're not really sure why um it can be hard to go to pray mm-hmm. but you know and, you know what the way out of desolation is <laughs> prayer yeah <laughs> shucks <laughs> i know so yeah. yeah i had um when i was when i was going through formation uh, one of my my formators or, or my novice mistress, I was having a hard time. I was going through a time of desolation and I was having a really hard time sitting through my whole prayer time. And I told her that. And she was like, you know what? If you're having a hard time staying for like half an hour or an hour, she's like, stay that long and then add two extra minutes mm-hmm. just as a sign to you and to God, I am here. Like I am here. And I was so mad at that advice because I was like, but I can't even stay the regular time how am i supposed to stay two more but i can that's the thing i can but there's part of me that's giving up mm-hmm. because i'm frustrated mm-hmm. or i feel alone or whatever and she was being nice cuz saint ignatius said 5 minutes <laughs> could have been 5 and those extra 3 can be really long <laughs> they are really long <laughs> they are but often it's in that time either that we hear consolation or mm-hmm. in that time that is our surrender time yeah. because that's me saying I stayed my my time, not like you're serving time in prison, but like I stayed my time and because I trust you, even though I don't feel like I do, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you extra because mm-hmm. I know that in the end you've given me so much extra. So sometimes obstacles are physical. Like mm. if you haven't eaten or haven't slept, Ugh, yeah. seriously, it can be really hard to pray. And I mean, to some extent, we don't all have the luxury, unfortunately of eating when we're hungry. Like mm-hmm. some of us either because of our jobs or because we're new moms and we haven't had a chance or because there's literally no food available, mm-hmm. you know? So we we find ways to pray through that as best we can and those are graced moments. But I think there's a passage where I think it's Elijah he goes out into the desert and he's whining about everything and like complaining about how horrible everything is and basically God just tells him, "Look, take a nap. 
Here's a snack. <laughs> yes, I love that. He wakes up and everything's fine. <laughs> it happens twice. Yes. I think he wakes up and he's like, yep, here's another snack. Take another nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he can properly like engage. But like God knows that about us. He did create us as yeah. both spiritual and physical beings. He knows we have needs. Yeah. And he does help us to like get through that for prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So if you're having a hard time focusing, you might just need to take a nap or have a snack or drink some water. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that um, St. Therese, too, was feeling guilty for falling asleep in prayer after Mass for a while. And finally, she said something to the effect of like, well, parents love their children just as much, if not more, when they're sleeping. Right. So why can't God look at me the same way? (laughs) I love that image so much because sometimes it is like... Oh, finally, thank God the toddler fell asleep. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he likes to just kind of let us drool on his shoulder a little bit. (laughs) So, not that we should spend all of our prayer time that way. Right. But if if it is sleepy or a little bit halfway, that's not something to feel guilty about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something to be attentive to. Right. Right. Yeah, which is really beautiful. And I think those are the moments that also when we're able to recognize them for what they are, they can actually give us the motivation for prayer as well. Yeah. Like gratitude is a foundational motivation for prayer for so many people, including people who have literally never heard of God. Mm -hmm. Like often, you know, you look at something beautiful, you see the stars in the sky, you see a stunning sunset or whatever, or you see like your baby brother learning how to walk and something swells up within you and it's a gratitude. And sometimes, especially if you have no relationship with God, you have no idea who you're grateful to. Like, you know what you're <laughs> grateful for, mm-hmm. but like gratitude can only be towards somebody. Mm-hmm. Like we don't always know who we're grateful to, but that is really the initial prompt to prayer. And one of my favorite human beings who I really hope one day will be canonized is um, Joseph Chiwetenwa. He was Um, the first Indigenous in Canada, um, the first Indigenous person in Canada to be um, a catechist in his own community. And he and his wife were the first to have like their marriage blessed by the church. Like they're just an amazing, they're a power couple. They're an amazing couple and they gave their whole life um, to sharing Christ within the context of their own culture. And he was the first Indigenous man to do a 30-day Ignatian retreat, which is no joke for anybody. 30-day Ignatian retreat is intense, man. And um, he couldn't read, so he he did the well. He couldn't read French anyway. <laughs> he like did the whole retreat with um, with like like orally, and at the end he dictated a prayer, and it was a prayer of thanksgiving. And in that prayer, he says, "The more I thank you, the more I'm able to give myself to you." Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, I get chills every time I even remember that. Maybe quote. we could put a link to that prayer in the show notes. Absolutely, I think people might like to pray with. Us. Yeah, it's a stunning prayer. It's so real. It's just mm-hmm. gritty and real. And um, it's that is such a powerful reminder to me that not only does gratitude bring us to prayer, but it actually is what opens us up to more self-gift, more self-gift rather, on our part mm-hmm. and an openness to receive more of God. Yeah. Honestly, one of the motivations for me that really work mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to prayer is just how life-changing it is. Yeah. Like it, it, when a meditation ends in a resolution that is able to affect how I live my day with my sisters in the apostolate, um, in the work that I'm doing, uh, to flow into the prayer of the rest of the day, it can like change the trajectory of 
everything. Mm -hmm. And that I find incredibly motivating. And um, I kind of thought it was hyperbole at first when uh, sometimes we just call Father Alberione, our our founder, sometimes we just call him Primo. So you might hear that throughout the season. Yeah. (laughs) um, It stands for Primo Maestro, the first teacher. Uh, And so um, Primo, uh, in his writings on the meditation, at one point he says something to the effect of meditation done well cannot coexist with mortal sin. Mm. One will give way or the other will. Mm. And I thought it was a little bit hyperbole, but I have found actually that, no, that the that meditation and praying well has actually really um, given a supernatural power in my life to mm-hmm. deal with those things that I struggle with, the things, the failures that I have. Um, habits maybe even that I have that I know is pure grace mm-hmm. that came from nowhere and leads to gratitude yeah you know mm-hmm. um, and then in love because I want to continue de- developing the relationship that way I find that it's kind of like a really positive feedback loop yeah <laughs> basically yeah 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 and I think another motivator that I've had in mind and this is not it doesn't sound like a nice one is pain mm. like when we're in pain or where we're in trouble uh, when we're hurting, when we've experienced a loss, it it really does kind of trigger, I think, in us a kind of honesty and humility that we might not otherwise have. Yeah, that makes us realize that I there's some I can't do this by myself. Like sure. I need something from someone that I can't provide for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I can think of how many times that in my life I didn't necessarily lose track of God, but I wasn't really actively praying. I wasn't actively um, setting time aside for him. And then something happens. And I realized like, I really needed him all along. And I was kind of keeping him on the side, like a sidekick, but really he's not our sidekick. He is our, our God. He's our King. He's our father. He's our brother. Like, and I was keeping him as a sidekick. And as soon as something happened and I was in pain, that's when I realized like, I need you because you are so much greater than me you love so much deeper than me and only you can heal me you know amen yeah those aren't they don't feel good those moments but they really are moments of great grace well i think that was pretty exhaustive sister we covered it (laughs) i think so (laughs) all this talk about prayer should we close with a prayer yeah um i can lead it okay Maybe we'll, we can just pray a prayer that we, we know that um, all of you can join in with us. And we're going to just give you guys a moment to bring your own intentions to this and open up your hearts to really let God in and to be able to ponder him throughout the day, even in the words of this prayer. And together we pray as Jesus taught us, Our Father, who, who art in heaven, heaven Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much to everybody for joining us for the second episode of our season four of the Daughters Project podcast. Um, Just know that like you have a couple of weeks to get your group together to start (laughs) talking about these passages that are going to be coming up. They're going to be awesome. Uh, So we're looking forward to that. 
And just to let you know, too, in a couple of weeks, uh, our podcast is going to be featured at the SEEK conference. Mm -hmm. So anybody who's going to SEEK 22, make sure that you uh, check us out there, too. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. And know that we're praying for you. And we're praying for everyone else, too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. God bless you all. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a fruit of the Daughters Project. This initiative of the Daughters of St. Paul to spread the gospel online is made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. Consider joining us in our mission by contributing to Patreon today. You can find us at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. God bless you.